Welcome to the Oxygen Mass Podcast. If you are here as a parent or caregiver, educator or grandparent, we are glad to have you listening. This program is geared for the autism parent, but we welcome and invite all who feel called to be here with us. I'm Tara, and I'm your co-host, along with my partner, Beth. The title of this podcast, The Oxygen Mask, is based on a metaphor. Just as you are instructed on an airplane to put on your own mask before helping others, we believe we need to practice helping ourselves as parents so we can best help our children. Hi, I'm Beth. At the beginning of each episode, we'll turn that metaphor, that symbol of an oxygen mask, into a concrete practice, pausing a few minutes each day to quiet our busy minds and breathe into our bellies provides a surge of stress-reducing neurochemicals. With practice over time, we actually build pathways in our brains that help reduce our stress response. So even if you hit play on this podcast about to enter multitasking mode, please take a moment of pause for yourself. Let's begin. Close your eyes softly and bring your attention to your feet as they contact the surface beneath them, rooting you to this moment. Roll your shoulders back. Let them settle in a strong, relaxed posture. Take a belly breath in through your nose. Feel the sensation of air in your nostrils, in the back of your throat. Exhale slowly. Notice your chest fall and your belly soften. Draw another deep breath into your belly. Envision the cool air swirling up across your forehead. Exhale, picturing the warm air going down the back of your neck and over your shoulders. Bring your attention to your face, your temples, your jaw. Take a final cleansing breath in. At the top of your in-breath, bend your elbows and softly place your hands on your hips. Exhale slowly, perhaps letting a smile curl the corners of your mouth. Hold this posture for a few seconds as you open your eyes. Again, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode 14. Today we're going to continue with our conversation about how we as parents are coping with this upside down world we're living in right now. And we're really excited to have a guest on with us. Um, Beth, I'll let you go ahead and introduce her. All right, thanks. Okay, so today we have Bonnie Bogan. She's a parent coach and was an autism specialist prior to retirement. And in fact, Bonnie worked with my family in early childhood special education when we were first learning about my son's brain wiring. So I'm really glad to have you here. Thanks, Bonnie, for joining us. My pleasure. So we checked in earlier this week and talked about how kind of maxed out parents are with additional demands. Um, it's daunting to take it all in, and we also don't want to be in denial and sort of false positivity. Um, but Bonnie, what are some of the things that come up for you as you hear from families right now? Well, I think parents are realizing that we're in it for the long haul, that this is not going to go away in a month or two months. And like you said, it's daunting because we know what's ahead of us. We've been there. We were there last spring. People are more organized now, school districts are more organized and parents have a better handle on it. But at the same time, knowing what's coming can cause more anxiety. And I think anxiety is running high right now in most families. So parents are overwhelmed with 
the expectations that are being placed on them. As parents, it's hard to wear the hat of both an educator and a parent. Yeah. And kids aren't always receptive to having their parents as their teachers. And, you know, you talked about how routines um, are kind of disrupted. I know we've just started, we have two weeks now of two days in school and the rest home. And so it feels like um, those two days, we put like all of our gumption into getting out the door and having the three clean masks and having the iPad that was home for the previous five days or whatever. Um, so it feels like a lot more on those, those days. But what else about like routines do you think we can support? How can we support sort of normality <laughs> in this really abnormal time? We're talking about different kinds of routines. We're talking about the at-home routine, and we're talking about the at-school routine. Two very different things for both parents and children. And I think that we have to figure out how to organize ourselves to get out the door, just like we always have. There's just more pieces of it now, more pieces of the puzzle. And one thing I was thinking is, the, is just having some baskets where everything gets dumped in there. It gets cleaned, it gets dumped, it's right there for the next day. So we're not struggling first thing in the morning. So maybe on the days that the children are coming home from school, take their things out of their backpack, clean them, wipe them down, wash the masks, and return them directly to some kind of a receptacle, basket, locker, whatever you have, so that the kids can be more independent when they're getting ready for school in the morning. Sometimes even passing up on that step, you could have things go directly back into the backpack and everything that's needed for school, instead of going to a countertop, it goes directly to the backpack. And that way you have that ready to get out the door in the morning. I also think that we can simplify our lives by organizing in a way that we decide what we need to do, what we would like to do, and what we don't have to worry about doing. And just like kids on the spectrum respond really well to visuals, I think as adults, we also respond to visuals because it helps organize us. So maybe starting on a Monday or a Sunday night, make a list of what is it that we need to do? What would we like to do, but it's not the end of the world if we don't get it done? And what can we put off until next weekend or next month? And tack that onto your refrigerator mm -hmm. and look at it every now and then. So when you start getting stressed out, take a look at your list and say, okay, what list is this on? Is it something that needs to do? Then we'll figure out a way to do it. If it's one that I would like to get done, I'm not going to be stressed out about it. So I think that's I love that. being kind to yourself. I think that as parents, with all the demands that are being placed on everybody, showing yourself some kindness is really important. Giving yourself a little bit of slack, because if you don't get it perfect, it's not the end of the world. Right. Yes. I love that, too. It's what I've learned throughout this whole pandemic is just how much I can let go of things. There's so much that has been, I've been forced to let go. And and then every, just the nature of all of it, you know, it, it really does put what's important at the top of the list, you know, and everything else just kind of has fallen away. So the visual part 
helps me um, not collect. I think I'm like a squirrel, like hoarding little things to grab onto throughout the week. And so I like the idea of writing it down for myself um, and to keep uh, my co-parent on, on the same track too. So. And I think it's good for our kids to see us keep lists and check things off of lists, just like we expect them to do. And we've been teaching them to do. So um, I was talking to a parent today, actually, and she was talking about her child who's on the spectrum. He's in second grade. And they're expected to be in front of the computer screen with headphones on six hours a day. Mm -hmm. And she's just overwhelmed with the idea of how is my child to do this. So I was thinking about incorporating some ideas from the kindergarten classroom. My granddaughter started kindergarten this year. She started virtually. She's going to be heading to the classroom in about a week and a half, and they had some really good ideas. And one of them is instead of sitting on a chair, you can sit on a big ball on one of the exercise balls that gives the kids a lot of sensory feedback. Another idea that they're doing in the classroom is they're putting kids, instead of at desks, they're putting them on yoga mats. And mm. they're, they have a little backrest, like a camp chair, and a lap desk. And the computer can go on the lap desk while the child is sitting on the floor on a yoga mat looking at the screen and doing the work. And I thought, how nice for kids to be able to have a visual schedule where, um, and they can decide too every day, well, which class would you like to do while sitting at your table with the iPad? That might be something where you have to be writing on the, having to use the desk for writing or you need to use markers. But on things where the teacher is reading a story to you or if you're, having discussion about something, why not be on a yoga mat with mm -hmm. a backrest and have a little desk for your iPad so that the kids aren't feeling trapped. And, and then another thing that somebody brought up to me is on the school days that you're virtual and you don't have those physical cues of coming into a school building. You're not walking into a building, taking off your coat, going to your classroom, going through that whole routine that we don't even really think about as a routine, why not add a routine? Why not have breakfast, maybe go for a walk, put on your coat and hat and mittens, go for a little walk, and then walk into the door of your house prepared for school. That I'm walking through the door and now this is going to be school time. And maybe yeah. at lunchtime, walk out the door, take your take a sack lunch and go sit outside and eat outside and then walk back into the home as a school. And that gives a little bit more um, certainty to the routine that is pretty fuzzy and pretty, mm -hmm. pretty unknown for most of the kids. So just different ways to create a routine within the home. Yeah, I like the physical nature of that routine to moving out of the house as a transition point. And because I find during the day, I'm good at keeping us all sort of on task in the morning, but the more tired I get, or the more deep into some work that I'm doing, I get the less I 
structure everybody and then we're all sort of smeared off of the 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 whiteboard schedule by the end of the day and so just some ideas to make it a little bit more of a structure within the class within the house Bonnie, I kind of have a question related to that. So, you know, the school day is very structured with, you know, a start time and end time, that kind of thing. And at home, it's a lot more fluid. Do you think it's a good idea to kind of mirror what the school day is like? Or is it okay to kind of have like the home day be its own sort of schedule and a school day is a very different sort of schedule? I think that's totally fine. I think parents trying to stick to a school schedule are setting themselves up for just a little bit of failure, just because it's impossible. It's impossible to do that. And the kids do have the luxury of if they want to wait and do an assignment after dinner or before dinner or after they go outside and run around for a little bit, why not take advantage of that? Um, right. I'm glad to hear you say that. Like I, and I, but I do think that there has been a perception for parents to go, okay, well, they, they go from, to school from you know, 8 to 2.30 every day. So we're going to start at 8 o'clock and we're going to you know, end at 2. And that's just almost, like you said, impossible to do at home because you're not filling that time with the same stuff that's happening in a school day so and you know when kids are going to school at home you need them you need their buy-in and the more that you allow the kids to help figure out what their day is going to look like and when they're going to get their work done the more buy-in you're going to get from them that's learning too so you talked about buy-in you talked about some of the routines and way ways that can build independence and that is important learning and as parents that are involved in the teaching, know that you have to take time for yourselves too. You have to have time for maybe a mindfulness break, or you have to have time to walk away from the kids and say, okay, I need five minutes where I just need to focus on what I need right now, or I need five minutes to reorganize my thoughts so I know what's going to happen in the next two hours. And I've always encouraged parents to walk away, to just take a time and say, you know what, I'm going to be right back. I just need to go take a couple of minutes and attend to something and then I'll be back and I'll be able to help you. And doing that is going to set up a more accepting environment for yourself and for your child. One thing that I've learned to say is let me think about this for a minute. And that's a good opportunity for you to step back, take a break, think about it and then come back with an answer for your child um, or your teenager or your spouse for that matter. <laughs> um, I, when we look back on this time and we will look back on it, we're gonna remember how this time made us feel and how it made our kids feel. And I'd like to walk away with this thinking that kids have some memories of this being an okay time, this was more time to spend with my family. Um, it was a time to relax a little bit about school rather than think of this as that was the worst time of my life. My parents were stressed out all the time. I felt stressed out. I think that we have to think about what kind of an environment we're creating for them so they can look back on this and say, you know what, it really wasn't that bad. It was a break. Yeah. So not like you have all the answers to this incredible mess that we're in right now. But when you have 
other things like work commitments that you're trying to do at the same time as having kids in the house? Like, what about that super stretched, trying to multitask, constantly interrupted mode? Um, what are some ways to pull out of that or to interrupt the kind of amping up throughout the day that happens? Well, I am a big believer in mindfulness. I have taught mindfulness courses for parents. And I think that it's really good to recognize that you're getting amped up and it's time to step back and take a break and then come back to whatever it is. I can't even imagine what it's like when you're on a phone call and you have a child that has a crisis. Um, I do think that people, when you're working at home and you're on phone conversations, people are more understanding now of having little voices in the background, having big voices in the background, being able to be understanding when somebody says, I'm really sorry right now, I have to attend to my child so I can actually focus and put 100% into what we're doing here for work. And to be able to be honest and say, this is a really tough time and I need to take a step back. Yeah. My solution is I bribe them with Chipotle. That's what mine are doing right now. <laughs> I, I don't really know how you guys do it. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just... I think that we have to look to the adults to be understanding right now. I can't tell you how many phone calls I've been on where the kids take the priority and I'm the adult and I understand that. And I think we have to remember kids are kids and we can't put adult expectations on them and expect them to be able to follow through on it. So what we have to do is look to adults to be understanding. Yeah. That's really helpful to then, that's uh, the way you just worded that. I'm sorry, I have a, I need to deal with something so I can give 100% back to our conversation when it's time or whatever the way you said it is a way to um, insert the importance, the priority here. This needs to come first so that I can do these expectations that are here. Yeah. What kids that... I think we really do have to be careful of what kind of expectations we place on our kids and remember that they're 10 or they're five or they're 14 and they're very self-centered at that point. And when they have an issue, they have an issue and it can't always wait. Sometimes it can. And we do try to teach our kids uh, don't interrupt, you know, wait until I signal you that it's okay to talk but we can't expect them to wait for 15 minutes while we're finishing something important. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of goes back to your um, idea of, of the baskets, but in more of a like time and energy sort of way. Cause I have to just piece and chunk things mm -hmm. together and, and make one thing a priority. So, you know, if school's a priority, then you're working on that and maybe work kind of takes a back seat or you do it later. So, yeah, I don't know. And plan those phone conversations that you might be having with coworkers when the kids are able to be independent. Or you just say to your kids, you know what, I have a phone call, it's going to take a half an hour. This is not a very structured time with your um, virtual learning. So why don't you go and play a video game? Why don't you figure out what you'd like to do for the next half hour so that I'm not interrupted? And then sticking to what you said, a half hour, like you don't always have control over things, but I find that I 
snag 15 minutes here and then I stretch it to 45 and my kids are like, okay, what? Little Miss calendar and timer over there is totally <laughs> sucked into the screen. Right. And yeah. again, kids, kids and adolescents are, they're very self-centered mm -hmm. and they should be because that's brain development. And we do have to keep in mind, what are these kids capable of doing? I don't know, I just took so much away from our conversation. I feel like I've got to just soak it all in. So I appreciate your expertise and your wisdom. Um, Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. I hope it's helpful. Thanks for listening to the Oxygen Mask Podcast. I hope you leave refreshed and feeling encouraged. Please check out the show notes to find a resource that'll help you put some of Bonnie's ideas into action. I also wanted to let you know that in the month of October, Communities Engaging Autism is having a, a month-long fundraiser that you can donate to CEA to support the creation of the Oxygen Mask podcast, courses for parents of kids with special needs, and lots of other great resources. You can go to our website, www.cea4autism.org. Click on events and you'll see Ale for Autism posted throughout the month of October. You can comment and subscribe to the podcast at Communities Engaging Autism's website at www.cea4, that's the number four, autism.org. Share the podcast with members of your village to strengthen those essential connections. And above all, please secure your own oxygen mask before helping others.